0: Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Phoenix, Arizona, it's time for Phoenix Business Radio, spotlighting the city's best businesses and the people who lead them.
1: Good afternoon and welcome to Collaborative Connections radio show and podcast sponsored by KLM. We are broadcasting live in Tempe, Arizona inside Max 6 in the Phoenix Business Radio X studio and I cannot wait to introduce you to all of my guests today. KLM started this uh, Radio Show and Podcast to bring people together. I feel like the more we collaborate and do business with people we like, the our community grows and, and you know fostering collaboration. So that's why it all started. So without further ado, I will introduce you to my guest today, Dr. Pamela Williamson. Welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Tell us a little bit about you. So I am
0: the president and CEO of we Back West, which is the Women's Business Enterprise Council West. We connect women-owned businesses to opportunity through certification, targeted networking, and education.
1: Really excited to hear about the whole process. We were just saying that before we got on, on air that a lot of people go into business, a lot of women go into business, and they don't realize, oh my gosh, there's this you know, ways and have you help us, walk us through what the process is and that there's somebody to help us do it. So that's really cool. I'm excited to hear more. Thank you for joining us. And Lori Erickson, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm really excited to be here. Tell us a little bit about you.
2: Lori Erickson. I started Project Pros about eight years ago and we helped with all the back office needs of small businesses. Got into it just to really help small business grow because a lot of owners do the things that they shouldn't be doing, and they should be focusing on their business instead of in their business. So we get in their business and help them grow.
1: It's exciting. And tell us a few of the service offerings. You know, um,
2: really anything back office that you don't or shouldn't want to do. Answering phones, bookkeeping, some admin tasks, um, HR just really depends on um, where you're really struggling and where we can really help. We jump into a lot of different areas.
1: That's exciting. And that's why we're a good referral partner <laughs> for each other because you do everything I don't do. I know. <laughs> I know.
2: And we need to talk further about that. That's exactly. exciting.
1: Yes. <laughs> well, welcome to the show. Thanks. All right, last but not least, welcome to the show. Brandy Byers with Arizona Automotive Equipment. Did I get that right? Yes, that's correct. <laughs> welcome to the show. Tell us a little about, about you. Well, first, thanks for having me. Yeah. Really
3: appreciate this to be with people with wisdom, especially women. So, Brandy, I'm a co-owner of Arizona Automotive Equipment. I own most of the business. I own 51% and I own it with my husband. And it's a company that he worked for for about eight years. And we specialize in automotive equipment, specifically automotive lifts. So whenever you go to discount tire shops, you'll see those lifts we maintain and sell and service those lifts. And been doing it for about three years now. This is year three. So we started, took over the business during COVID. So...
1: Oh fun! I can't wait to hear that story. Exactly. <laughs> and in a male-dominated industry, to have a woman-owned business, woohoo! Yes, yes. <laughs> I love hearing that. Of course. So, how did you guys get into? I mean, he owned it, and and you were like, okay, so let's do this. Or what? Tell us the story.
3: Yeah. So my husband worked for the company for about eight years. They had been around for about sixteen years, and they were ready to retire. And they didn't have kind of a legacy to leave it to. And they didn't want a big corporation to buy it. And God willing, we were able to purchase the business. And um, the rest is history. You know, my husband came to me and he's like, should we? He was all nervous. And I'm a little bit more assertive, I guess. (laughs) And I'm just like, let's do it. What do we have to lose? I'm tired of big corporations. So we took that risk and
1: it's been great. Really cool. Really cool. I hear that all the time. Women, men, anybody who come from corporate and start their own business go, oh, why did I? Oh, I'm so sick of that. (laughs) And that every time I hear that story, that same exact story, I think, thank goodness I never went into corporate. <laughs> <laughs> I've been an entrepreneur for over 20 years and and very and worked in family businesses and very, very thankful to never have had that. Oh, I didn't like that. Or, you know, thank goodness to get out of that. So that's really cool. Really good. Well, this, this show turns out is all about women in business. So... I would love to hear, Pamela, the certification process, what you guys do, um, and why uh, women should get certified uh, and help in the procurement of, of bigger contracts. Sure. I'm going to start backwards for your questions. Please. So I'm going to
0: start with the Why? So, why women should get certified, it really just depends on how you look at it. So, some women get certified because they want to do business with other women, some because they want to connect with other women, some because they want to do business with corporations. The bigger why, I think, is why women need to get certified is because there are so many opportunities out there for women and they just don't know it. And I think certification allows you to see those opportunities, but also allows you an opportunity to connect with those individuals who are almost like your internal advocates within an organization to help you connect with the procurement and the decision makers. The process for certification is, um, I like to say it's like a 3 prong process, but it's probably more like a five. So I think the reason why I add those additional steps in is because you really need to think about if certification is right for you. We know that certification is not right for everyone or every business. So that's a consideration you have to take into account. And you have to really know whether you want to do business with a corporation, with WBEs, or with both. Then uh, you'll need to really look at your business structure. So the first thing that you have to do is you have to do uh, an application process. And that application is totally electronic. It requires you to dig out your documents, upload them. And the reason why we want to see your documents is we want to make sure you're 51% owned, operated, and controlled. After you upload your documents, they're reviewed by a committee. And along the way, we have uh, an assigned person to kind of help you with that whole process. After the review by the committee, they make a determination to certify or deny. Then no matter which determination, there's a site visit that occurs. So we have someone from our office. Pre-COVID, we used to go in person and inspect your office and ask some standardized questions and some questions that the committee has come up with. Um, Since COVID, we now do that uh, virtually unless you have a manufacturing plant. Because then we want to look at that location where you're manufacturing your, your items. Then after that, a decision is made. And so it's almost like a matrix. If you are certified through the committee and certified through the site visitor, it's an automatic certification. If it's a certified and denied either direction, it goes to a second committee review, which may require someone else coming out or asking more questions, then another determination is made. And hopefully it's it's certified. If not, there is an appeals process you can go through.
1: Wow. It sounds so easy when you explain it like that. For so long, it was always, you know, I always thought, oh my gosh, there's way too many things, which it sounds like obviously, you know, you have to go through the process. But if you follow, I mean, I'm sort of proud of project management. So that my brain goes, yep, do you just check mark each box and you just go through the process. Right. And you guys, I think probably make it way easier than if somebody was trying to do it on their own.
0: I want to say yes to that so badly. <laughs> But what I am going to say is that you have those documents, and if you don't have the documents, you probably want to get those documents, right? So I come from, I used to be an auditor many, many years ago, and this is probably one of the best audit tools, regardless of whether you want to get certified or not. The information is all on WeBank.org. It will walk you through the process. It will tell you why you we look for the documents and tell you why you should have them.
1: That is a really good step. Even, you know, I, I know your, your wheels are spinning. I know they are.
2: <laughs> they are. I, I was just curious, like, is there certain industries that fit that better than others? Or is this really something that all women-owned business should do? Or, or try, you know, if it, if it fits them.
0: I think you have to think about whether you want to do business with corporations or whether Mm -hmm. you want to do business with the government or whether you want to do business with other women-owned businesses, because women-owned businesses look for other women to do business with. Sure. I think as far as industries, I always smile when people ask me that because I did not know any industry. So if you think about it, we have people who literally wrangle geese for the utility companies. And so... I know, right? That's, that's how I thought too. I was like, what? You're looking for what? <laughs> and why would that be? That's so cute. it ranges from that type of service all the way up to, you know, people who are in or um, not like anything. It's crazy. <laughs>
2: that's awesome. <laughs> that's a- Mental picture I'll never lose.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But does that help with
3: government contracts? Because we are in government contracts. So does that kind of get you to the top of the list, if you will, for RFPs, if you are certified?
0: No, that's a great question. So WeBank, well, WeBank does two types of certification. We do the WeBank certification and we also do the Women-Owned Small Business or WOSB certification for government contracts. And so the government has set, the government does have set-asides. They have a goal of 5% of business uh, being spent or done by women-owned businesses. So it does help.
1: Yeah, those Mm -hmm. are two different. I didn't know that either until you and I had that conversation that there's two different certifications. And, And you said, you gave me an interesting quote when we were talking before. You said 5%, which sounds really low, but the, but it's, but it's a lot of money. It's government awesome. Um. It's a yeah. lot of money. Uh-huh. Yeah. And you said yeah. we're not even close. The federal government has hit that goal
0: once. They are now struggling again to hit it. So I encourage all women-owned businesses to get Bosby certified. You don't even have to go through us. I mean, I'd love for you to come through no. us, but you don't have to. Um, they have different certification arms. They have—there's uh, a couple of other entities that that do— closed B certification. The government does it themselves. Um, If you go through us, though, we have a quicker process and you also get WeBank certified at the same same time.
1: So you can't beat that. No, doubles are two for one. (laughs) (laughs) That's really exciting. Really good for business owners to know, you know, whether even if they're starting a business and they're not sure if they've got a partner if one, you know, husband, wife, I have a lot of clients who are family-owned businesses, right? And, oh, wait, we should think about doing mm-hmm. the 51%. And you guys did that right away. Right away. How did you think of that to, to well, make sure that happened? <laughs> a lot of reasons. No, I... <laughs>
3: Take it and run. No, I just, I've always believed in women-owned business. I, and, you know, I'm all the office, and I'm all the behind-the-scenes and so to me it was just like this makes sense like I'm handling the finances and making more strategic decisions. And so it's good let's for you. Do it.
1: Good most people I th- I assume most people wouldn't think of that unless they've been exposed to knowing that you can get certified, knowing that it makes a difference and all that. So that's really good that mm-hmm. you guys thought of that ahead of time.
3: I did do consulting at SRP and Utility, uh-huh. so I did get to see kind of some of that so I, it, was, it was a little trigger for me, like, oh, if we have this, we'll have more opportunity. But we aren't certified, and they ask for that when we do government or mm. apply for RFP, you know, do an RFP or anything. So
1: good yeah. to know. Yeah. That's we'll be, we'll be, I'll be in touch. <laughs> <laughs> All these resources that are available. And that's one of the reasons that I keep asking and keep asking, you know, businesses and organizations and corporations and nonprofits that give me all the information, you know, so that we don't have to struggle. There's no reason for any of us as business owners to struggle, you know, and I'm sure that's one of the reasons you started Project Pros, you know. Well, it's
2: interesting just to go back to that for a minute, too, is you know, we just had this conversation and now I'm sitting next to you. Um, but, you know, what what's the advantage of a woman-owned business? And it was kind of a, it was an aha moment of there's not really tax advantages, but this is, you know, huge. So if it's getting you in front of the right people to get the business and bring it in your door, that's, that's huge. So it's a yeah. big deal. Yeah, it's, it's a big, big deal. deal. Yes.
1: So speaking yeah. of, tell <laughs> us why you started Project Pros. I mean, you did a little bit in your intro, but give us some background. Well, so I am the corporate person too. I envy
2: you that you didn't, but there's also a piece of me that, you know, my daughter's in college right now and she would love to just probably come work for us at some point. But in my mind, I'm like, we need to throw her to the wolves in corporate. (laughs) (laughs) So she really appreciates small business because I think, that lacks, uh, with not having that knowledge. And so I was in corporate America, had assistants, had all of that stuff. And it was really hard to find a good one, the right one. And I just, the drain of corporate America was a big reason I started Project Pros. And I just knew what small business and executives needed to get them over the hump and let them make a difference in their business. So. It's
1: huge. Yeah, Every so. single small business, entrepreneur, or family owned business that I, I say the first thing yeah. you need to do is hire a bookkeeper yeah, exactly. <laughs> and an accountant exactly. and then get your HR. Yes. If you're growing fast, you better have your HR in place. Yes. I mean, it's a necessity. It it's just as much as a necessity as having your LLC and figuring out what you're you know, your, mm-hmm. all of that. Okay, next step. <laughs> yes. Like if I'm going to give you a tutorial and I'm going to give you step by step, that's going to be at the very very top. Yes. It's just and then what's the point because what's the point of doing what you're not good at if somebody else can do it for you and take it off your plate and then you make more money because you're doing what you love and you can do it faster and easier.
2: Well, and it's interesting just our typical client comes in and they've done some of this and you know they're wearing all those different hats. But then we go and we look at their books and They've got everything categorized, maybe in the same category, but they're not the right categories. And so, you know, you're just sitting there going, okay, this is going to take a minute, but once we get it smoothed out, you know, you can step out of this because I know this is taking you 20 hours a month or 30 hours a month. And what is that time going to do for you if we give that time back to you? Where are you going to spend that time? What are you going to do with that time? You know, if you look at your hourly rate at, for 30 hours a month, isn't it worth offloading that so you can step into what you're good at? It so,
1: is. Yeah. Mo- and most business owners, <laughs> I say, don't get into business for doing the accounting or the marketing. <laughs> Absolutely no, right? not. They got into business yes. to to do what they love. Mm-hmm. So why struggle five hours, yeah. you know, with QuickBooks yeah, exactly. for this week? Or why? There's no reason no. to do that. No. I know. And it just the longer you do it or the longer I see clients to, to do their own stuff, it just takes that much longer for somebody to take it over because you've made such a mess. <laughs> <laughs> you know, or or you have to explain that many more things. I've known since the beginning, the second I started any of my businesses, no accountant. (laughs) No, like I'm not dealing with that. I'm just, I don't care about numbers. I know that's really bad, but (laughs) (laughs) so let somebody else care about it and tell, you know, and Mm -hmm. say what, what needs to Happen in the business.
2: Well, and if you need to capitalize or something like that, you know, your books need to be so clean. And if you're guessing at categories and you're the bank's not going to touch you, they're just not. We have somebody who we just started with who he's like, you need to go find somebody to clean this up because you have a great business. I see your profit, but this doesn't make sense. And any kind of transaction that I'm going to do with you. So it's really important if, you know, if you want to grow, if you want to capitalize, if you want to do that stuff to have. All that stuff really straight.
1: I assume that's part mm-hmm. of the process. In when you're up, you're saying uploading documents is P&Ls, I assume, are a part of that, right? If, uh,
0: if <laughs> we do <laughs> require
1: P&Ls. There you go. Yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> so I say it's a point, great audit. Point soul, proving.
1: <laughs> yes, yeah. It is a really good auditing tool, even if you don't end up wanting to do it for a while. Mm -hmm. I think I'm going to use that. Thank you. (laughs) For all my clients, here's your audit. Here's what you need. Well, I think it's important. People,
0: I can say from my experience with West, there are so many women who think that they control their business because they may own 51% but their bylaws don't support that they own their business. Mm -hmm. And so it is just so important. You know, you own 51%. Mm -hmm. One of our biggest denial is women who own 51% because they think just because they have that 51% that they control the business. And, but they haven't taken the time to look at their bylaws. So they don't control it. And so many women who are in partnership with their spouse are always like, so you want me to dump my husband? And that's not what we're asking, right? (laughs) No drama. (laughs) We're not asking that. But but we are asking that you 51% own, operated, and control is what we're asking. And those bylaws, at the end of the day, your legal docs is what a judge will look at.
1: That makes sense. Hmm. So writing it all out, having it all documented, Instead of just saying a handshake
0: to who, to or a kiss, because it's your husband. <laughs>
1: yes,
3: you clearly don't so. work with your husband. <laughs>
0: i just kidding. Yeah. I do. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I do too. Oh my god. Yeah, so, yeah,
1: What is your? What do you mean? You work with your husband, Pamela? So
0: I, we, my husband and I have owned multiple businesses throughout our marriage, and so we we do work together. And I know it's really hard, but. It's just something that if you were going to say you own 51%, then you have to own it, you have to control it, your legal docs have to support that because I know my love with my husband is forever.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but just in case there's a bump along the
0: that.
2: <laughs>
1: awesome. way. Oh, that's really <laughs> funny. <laughs> that. Yes. Speaking of family-owned businesses, there's always nuances, there's always lessons along the way uh Things you wished you knew when you started, starting in COVID. Oh my gosh, on top of owning a business together, you guys never separated, probably. Were you ever <laughs> away from each other? Give us a little background on, you know, owning a business with uh with your spouse and and some maybe tips for other people who are struggling with that, um, or sub- something you wished you learned along the way in this.
3: Yeah. um, Gosh, I still think I'm learning for sure because I'm only on year three, um, married 12 years, but we have a very good relationship. You know, we've utilized marriage counseling before. So I think having that like, hey, we sometimes need a third-party (laughs) check-in. It's really critical, right? Because you need a little bit of a referee when (laughs) there's a division of responsibilities and sometimes they creep into one another. And so we've really tried to say, hey, that's my lane. Stay out. Like, I've got this. You can, like, I'm final decision maker and trust, right? Just like you would with an, an employee, I think. You know, lessons learned. I mean, it's just constant communication. It has to be. Like, and also turn off the communication. You know, we'll go into the hot tub at night or something, and he'll start blah, blah, blah about business. I'm like, I'm over it. I don't want to talk about it.
1: <laughs> right. There's I, other things we can talk
3: yeah, about. Like, how are the kids? Like, uh, there's just other things and his mind's always going. And I can kind of cut it and leave it because I don't know. It's just age and wisdom, I guess. I don't know. But
1: I, I stop it and just say, hey, let's, let's just be a family at home. That's really, really critical, important, right? Because it can bleed over and yes. and knowing that it's okay to step away mm-hmm. and, and work on all your other stuff yeah. in the communication. I love what you said about division of responsibilities and then trusting that the other one's going to do it. That is huge in family business, knowing everybody's role, what, you know, and here's the description and here's everything that fits under there. I'll come to you for advice. I'll ask you for your opinion, but at the end of the day, there, here's the separation. Here's the line. Yeah. Right? And knowing one another, I'm I'm the
3: fun one. <laughs> I say <take> my self-assessment <laughs> is I'm the fun one. And so he'll come in, you know, and he's out in the field. So he's dealing with the customers and the operations and that, but I'm behind the scenes and scheduling and pushing it all out. So he'll come in and it's, you know, you're trying to troubleshoot and it's going really poorly and he'll bring that in. And I'm like, can you please exit the door and come back in with a positive attitude? <laughs> <laughs> You're hurting my aura. <laughs> I awesome. love that. Does he? No, not really. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'll put on meditation. I'll try to like reset, right? So That's, awesome. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's really cool. There I know a lot of people talk about changing lanes or or changing Mm -hmm. gears. So you come in, you know, like you're saying, the home, come in, walk through the door, take a deep breath in the doorway. You know, like that's your cue when you come in the doorway Mm -hmm. is take that deep breath move into the next stage. Uh, I've kind of implemented that when I'm done with all calls, my hair goes up, you know, next one's like, okay, I'm done with everything. My bangs are going back. Like (laughs) I'm done. I'm in my pajamas, right? It's just a, you have to do that mentally. And then I think it's a a practice. It takes practice for, you know, for like you're saying, no, we're going to change our attitudes. We're going to do these things and have the I just think that takes a lot of practice, but it's worth doing.
3: Yeah. And you still have to date one another, you know, or, you know, and if something's really on each other's mind, we'll go for a walk and talk, like a walk and talk about, you know, hey, we're thinking about hiring or we're thinking about firing or or whatever is happening, you know, that's really playing, keeping us awake. And those are the times
1: that we'll walk and talk about it and kind of think it through. That's a really good especially men's brains. They say it's so it works so much better. If you're walking and talking, I do that with oh. my son. It, it transfers the, the walking, you transfer back and forth between your legs you know, and your, and that just helps your brain go back and forth between both. And my son communicates with me so much better if we're walking and talking. So does my oh, husband. That's so, so you guys just did that by accident. Yeah. Huh? You didn't know that it makes it so much easier to communicate for, from a man's perspective of, by, by doing something else also, but, but, something like that. Not like playing video games, but you know, like, <laughs> like the back and forth of the, of the brain. So yeah. that's really cool. What about you, Lori? You said you work with your husband as I well. Do.
2: I do. Um, we strategically placed our offices way across the,
0: the <laughs> building from each
2: other. <laughs> so I see him every day, but I don't have to, if I don't want to, but, um, you know, he, he actually supported me, um, while we were getting project pros up and it, you know that was his job is to bring the money in when we started project pros and then once we got to a certain level um you know i was like why are you not coming and building wealth in the family as opposed to giving somebody else your time and you know making their dreams come true so um so he came over i think it's been 4 years now and um he's by nature a sales guy and um he helps with uh, two or three sales accounts and um just you know, kind of does some of the cleanup stuff that has to be done in business as far as audits go, as far as all of that. So he's instrumental in just making stuff work, but he's very vocal about, you know, I own the business and it's her decision and he's very vocal about that. So I appreciate that. And I own a hundred percent because I started it eight years ago by myself. So
1: that's really, really cool. Yeah.
0: yeah. Really,
1: so. really good to have everybody, you know, know what they're really good at mm-hmm. and do that in the family business we owned beyond uh, medical practice. And my dad always said, I just do, I just am the doctor. I just do the medicine, <laughs> you know, like they take care of everything else, you know, so we... We had an operations manager. We I did all the the marketing and business development, and my Mm -hmm. mom did all the advertising and you know and and HR. And so it's just it's good. But and we all knew we all knew our roles. Didn't Mm -hmm. have to talk about it. Like we you know trying to help each other with their roles, and then it gets to be too many cooks in the kitchen. You know, then you got to move on to the next thing. But. But it really, communication is huge uh, in any business, right? No, we're not just talking about family-owned in any business, and uh, communication is a big deal. Um, how, how do you guys structure communication? And you too, you know, with your, your team at WeBank, um, all of you, I'd love to know, you know, uh, any tips around communication with teams?
0: Oh, I love that you said teams because we use teams. There you go. <laughs> And so I think over COVID, it was as we moved into working virtually, that was probably the the biggest eye opener that my communication style needed to change. Um, Because so many things people will pick up might be verbal cues. And when you're on a telephone, it just doesn't come out that way. I also think when you're telephonic, there are things that you're willing to say that you may not be willing to say in person. Mm. And so that's something that my team has had to really work on. Because if you think about it, we cover eight locations and we have staff that reside outside of our, our, our states that we cover. And so we had to make a quick shift because things were... When we first went 100% virtual, things were a little, things got misplaced, things didn't get completed. And so, just making sure that we have really clear communication and that not only do you pick up the phone when you have a miscommunication, but you also do it on a video chat. Because what we're finding is it's so hard to be clear. I was just saying, (laughs) both. I was trying to think of a nice word, I couldn't think of (laughs) it. Yes it's, it's easier to communicate when you're looking someone in the eye and not discount what's being said is what we found as far as communication goes. So
1: it's a big deal. It's a big deal. As soon as I get an email or a text message that I don't understand, or I think I'm taking it one way, you know, that's kind of like, oh, that's off or that's Mm -hmm. weird. Can we do, you know, can we schedule a call? Can we schedule a video? I, I want to, because I'm not understanding. I don't think I'm understanding it right, you know. And a lot of times, I mean, even with your family, you're not understanding it right. They're like, "I didn't mean that," you know. And I'm, I'm terrible at that. Like, so the better we get in front of people, I think you're right. You can look somebody in the eye and see that they're not being harm, you know, mean or they're not meaning to to say the, that you know they're meaning something else. So I think that's a, a really good communication tip: video calls as opposed to even phone calls. Yeah, I really like it. And I also love the mute button because I have
0: a tendency <laughs> of just being like, <sighs> and so I love the mute button. I can, you know, I can think about what I'm going to say. I can kind of think about how people might take it. Yeah. So I love that mute button. It's
3: my fave. <laughs> but our industry, I feel like, is so further behind. So we have really small dealerships that, you know, th- their accounting is literally like a ledger. Like, it's 1984 in some of these. And so, for us to use schedule, like to try to be progressive, it's really hard when you have, you know, they're they're operating in the eighties, nineties. So, like, I have to do phone calls. Like, you know, government shops were fine with with email and scheduling and whatnot, but a lot of them, I mean, I have to physically call them and talk to them. They like wouldn't even, they'd be like, what's a Zoom? You know, like it would be a whole thing.
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> Why are you putting me on a Zoom? Like it, it I don't know. It's it's a cra- it's so crazy that um, it's just it's far behind. And that's a struggle for us, I would say. Like I, I, I get envious. I'm like, ooh, team it's virtual.
1: Nope, not yet. <laughs> we did find that in my husband's business. Uh, he's in electrical contracting. He's a fireman, but he owns electrical contracting business. And and I, you know, I set him up on all the things and everything he needs in his business. And he's like, but they can't just send him a form to fill out for what they need because they don't even have, you know, a lot of these guys, that he's doing big shops, you know, and stuff. He's like, these guys don't even know what that is, yes, what a Google yeah. form is. Yeah. So I said, that's okay. You talk to them on the phone. You use the Google form to keep you on task and you fill it out. Mm -hmm. So then it goes into the Google Doc. Like we can still help him be more structured and streamlined, but just do it on our end. Yeah. You know, and and it's the only way to do it, really. Mm -hmm. What about you, Lori? Communication, teams. (laughs) Communication
2: is key just with our customers because we're doing a lot of, you know, their stuff in the back office and they need to know it when they need to know it. You know, we have deadlines. We use different, lots of different programs, uh, Zoom to Asana to whatever to keep us organized. Um, we Slack in the office so everybody can ask questions instead of getting up and running around the office and causing chaos. So communication is key in our, in our business. And we try to overflow that um, to our customers. Just, you know, we have a lot of customers who are on Slack with us so they can just message us and say, hey, I need this done today kind of thing. So... That we communicate in lots of different ways. We're over communicators, probably, to be honest, but... I think over communication is better than under communication, oh, and if they get God sick of us, <laughs> they get sick of us. And but they know what we're doing and where we're at, and it you know it's made the business go. So
1: you're a diamond in the mm-hmm. rough when it comes to accounting and bookkeeping mm-hmm. for over communication. Have you guys ever heard that before? No,
2: <laughs> I don't is. think so.
3: It's <laughs> are too busy, and oops, couldn't get to it. I'm uh, yes. I know, and you're like
1: wondering where the. <sighs> luckily, my husband does. He's my CFO. He does all my he does all my P&Ls. He deals with the accountant. Like I don't want to look at it. Just mm-hmm. tell me what my percentages are. Am I making money? Yes. Good.
2: <laughs> that's it. <laughs> well, and and you know, that's what we hear all the time is that, I mean, we get most of our customers because somebody has sold a company and they've got somebody new in there and they don't have time for them and they don't get to them and they've got to file an extension. And, you know, we're pretty diligent. We over-communicate for sure. And They love it. And it's, you know, it's a great referral source for us too. I bet.
1: mm -hmm. I bet. That's really exciting. Yeah. Oh man. All right. So I'm going to totally switch gears. I read everybody's bio and and we didn't say them out loud, Um, but I'd love to know every, all of you have a little bit different backgrounds. So I'd love to know, you know, the story or the why, what led you to these, you know, these different careers you're in. I think story and steps helps others go, wait, I can change. I can do differently. I can follow this path. Not every path is the same, like you were talking about for corporate versus not corporate, right? I love that I never had to do corporate, <laughs> right? But I am a, I'm a kind of a one-off that I went, I got to go straight into business ownership because my parents were entrepreneurs, because they had already, we'd already been building that family business since I was 15, right? So. And, and I, so I'm like, well, I can do that. So I started my own real estate company, you know, like, oh, I started my own fulfillment house. Oh, I can do that. Right. Because, because I had that background of knowing that I could do anything. So I love hearing the stories because for you, I know, Pamela, you have a ton of education. I was yeah. reading your, I was like, oh my gosh, that is a lot of education. <laughs> right. Awesome. I was like, yeah, if I can get through college with the, by the skin of my teeth. I can, you know, like, oh man, not that I wasn't smart. It was just, I didn't like school. Right. So, and then I'm like, and then I didn't go to corporate. So I love hearing your stories because I think everybody can benefit from, you know, a different path. So tell me about your, all your degrees and why, you know, what was the path that led you to that?
0: So originally, my goal in life was to be a psychologist. So that's what I wanted to do. And so then that's what I went to school for. And then I found out I was a horrible therapist. <laughs> <laughs> so then I, it's not that funny. Wait, well, you're not empathetic? Like what makes <laughs> a bad therapist? Well, I
3: mean, I've seen some bad
0: therapists. I just, uh, this is going to sound horrible, but. I didn't like the mundane, right? So I really liked the cases. (laughs) Right. I really liked the cases that were... More interesting. And I found that when people were talking, I would start drifting. But I was a horrible therapist. There's like
1: way too much information. <laughs> no, it's not. no, not at all. Because you just because you think you uh, this is a good path, right? Yeah. Somebody, especially these young kids, they think they have to go in this certain path, right? You went to school being a psycho. Can you imagine if you're like, okay, well, I went through all the school. Now I'm just going to do it because I said I would. And then you're like,
0: <laughs> I mean, that's terrible. That's
1: terrible. Um,
0: so <laughs> then I decided, well, I still wanted to stay in healthcare, but I wanted to be more on the, ad- the administrative side of the house. So I went and I got a doctorate in healthcare administration. So then I was setting up um, and designing psychiatric urgent cares. Then my father got extremely sick and I ended up having to take care of my father. I took a small, sab- I thought it was going to be a small sabbatical. But it turned out really not to be a sabbatical at all because the, my CEO at the time kept calling me for stuff. So finally, I just, one day I told my husband, I'm like, I'm just going to quit. And uh, we ended up, we opened up a restaurant at that time. Mm-hmm. Then I had a friend call me and she was like, hey, you know, there's this position open. And the headhunter ended up, the headhunter called me for this job. And I didn't know anything about supplier diversity, didn't know anything around it at all. And then uh, seven interviews later, oh, only? <laughs> they ended up hiring me and I just fell in love with it. I love the fact that I get to help women. I love the fact that I'm helping to build generational wealth. I love the fact that I'm helping the communities in which women reside. And it's just an amazing opportunity for me. I think of it as a gift every day.
1: What a cool thing. Right. But see, now you're living, uh, you know, what you didn't even know was possible. Had you not, I don't like the regret thing. Right. The like, I don't want to have regrets at the end of my life. So I'm always pushing people like, well, you don't feel good about that. Do something else. You know, like I'm going to push you a little bit. No, that it doesn't have to be like that. You know, so I love that you just changed it up. Huge pivot. That's really, really cool. What was the restaurant?
0: Um, it was an Italian restaurant right off of uh,
1: Ray Road. Oh. Yeah. Oh. And it, and how long did you guys do that? We did that for about six years, five years.
0: And one day I had stopped and I was actually in a women's retreat that I was running. And this lady, the way that the retreat was designed is that each uh, participant half a day to present a business problem, we had brought in buyers and procurement and supplier diversity people And they had half a day to present their business problem. And then we'd all do this think tank and try to help them come up with solutions. So while we were there, this lady stands up and she's like, oh, my husband and I just bought a restaurant. And I'm thinking, you just sold a restaurant. And so they had, she had ended up buying with her
1: husband, our old restaurant. Oh my gosh. gosh. That That is really crazy.
0: Small so, world. very small world. Oh, yeah. And that she actually was certified through us. So, had no clue, hadn't met her before. It was just an amazing thing.
1: So, oh, that's, that's really awesome. cool. All right, Lori, you're, you're up. The story to the point now <laughs> yeah. that I love in your bio is balance. Is having that balance in your life is is bringing your husband on going? Let's build this thing that's gonna last. You know that we could build generational wealth, like you were talking about, Pamela. Tell us your your journey and and what you finally decided. Like, okay, this is I just gotta have this all balanced out. Yeah. Well, where do you want me to start?
2: So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, went to college, played sports, all of that. Didn't finish college like I should have um, when I was in it. Getting it paid for through sports. Um, But bounced around, bartended for a while. I look at my journey as I did all these things. And during that path, I had no idea why I was doing all those things. But now it's like crystal clear that all of those things added up to Project Pros. It's from bartending for customer service to I worked for a psychologist who was like a psychologist to the stars. And so kind of getting that perspective of just interacting with people who think they're better than you, Mm. (laughs) you know, that kind of thing. (laughs) And just understanding what that looked like. And then was at Best Buy for a while. I ran their operation and their HR. And so that hiring and firing machine just, that was a revolving door. Um, You know, I was in corporate sales for quite a while, just It was just very eclectic. And I did finish my degree at University of Phoenix through that whole time. And, you know, I was actually working for that psychologist and he was getting ready to retire. And he said, well, you could go with who I'm going to sell the business with and And that was just my exit in my mind. I was just like, you know, I'm just done with this. I'm done with building somebody else's dream, working for somebody else. And so... Um, I had hired a lady into, um, that who came to me after we kind of both decided to leave and said, you know, I have an idea for a foundation and I think you're the person to help me write the 501c3. And so we sat and we wrote a 501c3, got it approved in six months, which is really unheard of before the quick form came out. So that was a sign to me almost of let's just move forward in business. And then she ended up taking the foundation and I started Project Pros and, um, you know, the rest is history, but, um, the balance is super important, you know, with our, with, you know, my and Todd's relationship. It's also just, um, you know, kind of like you, when we go home, we close the business, you know, you have to, to just keep that balance. Otherwise your whole life becomes the business and no, none of that's healthy. There's nothing about that. That's healthy. And for a while it was that I'm not going to lie. I'm not perfect. (laughs) I've learned from trial and error, just like everybody else. But, you know, we're in a really good place right now. The team is super strong. Um, Very grateful for everybody who's on it. And they help balance us um, just to move things forward and not let it get so chaotic. So, yeah.
1: Really, really important, right? That that communication and the balance Mm -hmm. in your life. Yes. I think as women, we tend to take on... (laughs) Everything. Everything. And then we think we need to do it all because, oh my gosh, I don't have time for to train somebody. I don't have time to do that or, you know, talk about it, whatever. But the more we can delegate and the more we can say, no, this is my lane. That I I don't, like I said, I don't know numbers. He's doing that. (laughs) No, I'm not. I'm not dealing with that. that. But the communication, um, is, is kind of the back to the communication, right? Is on your team even, I'm sure, is the inner communication between. I'm always doing that with team. Like, okay, do you like doing that or you don't like doing that? Okay, let's find somebody else. What, what of this job do you love? No, well, I'm not really good. Okay, so let's find somebody who does better at that. And then you get to, right? If we're all gonna be in this life, we might as well be enjoying ourselves. So continuing to do what we love you know. Well, and I I
2: did have a boss at one point who was just like, you know, I really believe just get the people on the bus and you'll find the right seat for them. But, you know, that interview is so important. And if they fit, and even if it's not the hole that you want to stick them in, you know, get them on the bus and you'll find the right seat for them if if they're the right person. So, I love that yeah, quote. Yeah, look at, look at, yeah. there's a life
1: lesson for you, right? <laughs> well,
2: yeah. it's a book, right?
1: <laughs> it's a book. The, there's a, it's yeah. a good book. Yeah. So I can't recall the name of it, but yeah. yeah. I love that yeah. quote. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have done that randomly, mm-hmm. you know, not even thinking about it. I always said to people, if you hire your first assistant, you'll figure out how to pay for them, right? Yep. But now I'm to the point where like, Ooh, I really like this person. I'm just going to say, can you want to come work with me? And then we'll figure out what you want to do. And yeah, <laughs> we just keep adding to the mm-hmm. team that way. That's really cool, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. You can't train personality. You really can't. No. You really can't. All right, you're up, Brandy. I think us one your... thing,
3: though, before I'm up. Yes. I, what's neat about both of you is, I think, I don't know if it's younger generation, I don't want to be that old bitty, like, like, ugh, But I think what's really neat is we didn't have analysis paralysis on confidence on trying something new. And I think for a younger generation, that's something to teach. Like, don't don't just talk about wanting something new, just do it. Like, you know, and if it doesn't work, pivot again. Like, but that's that's the neat part about business and just taking, you know, going from a restaurant back and, you know, from psychology. The pivoting is great because it's what you
2: don't want to do and what you do want to do can show up. So we started out as personal assistance. I picked up dog poop and um, <laughs> dry cleaning one or two times. And I was like, oh, heck no. Yeah. We are changing this. And then we got our first, you know, business to business client on. And it was a CPA who's still with us. Love him to death. And, um, you know, it was pivoting. It was, yeah. I'm not doing this, but I'm not going to quit. I'm going to keep moving. You dog know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was personal assistance, this is what they wanted yeah, us to do. I and I was
1: it. like, oh. what in the heck am I doing? So yeah. Consistently yeah. pivoting mm-hmm. will make you more mm-hmm. successful, right? 100%. Make you, more happy. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> make you make more happy. Make you happier. <laughs> right. And yeah. it and but that's the entrepreneurial spirit, mm-hmm. I think, yes. is it's we're okay with change. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know, mm-hmm. you kind of have to be okay with change and pivoting yes. and doing that, but you last way longer in business the more you continue to shift that a little bit, little bit, little bit. Yep. Yeah. Growth really cool. mindset, right? That's yeah. right. Absolutely. All right, Brandy. So I'm, in, your, in your bio, I loved hearing about you come from a family of entrepreneurs, just like I do. So mm. tell me a little bit about your background, the journey, how this all came about.
3: So both my grandfathers were entrepreneurs and my dad. So it was all the men. <laughs> and so um I just always would talk to them. I, maybe I'm a little different than you. I like the money side of it. And I just always wanted to learn about stocks or how did they invest it? Or I don't know. I just, as a kid, I was always, I was playing Office as a little kid. <laughs> so I think watching them. um Super cool. Yeah. And so... Uh, my career, it started off, I went to school for international business. And I didn't really know what that meant. I thought, "Ooh, I get to travel. <laughs> like, No, no clue. And uh, turns out I didn't get to travel, <laughs> but took some real corporate jobs that were pretty horrible. Taught me about life. I had to um, basically flip. People would get like couch loans, and then we would flip them. I think that that was in 2008, so I was probably part of the problem, which I didn't really understand. <laughs> <laughs> but it really taught me about mortgages and about finances. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty embarrassing, you know? <laughs> like, oh, Lord. <laughs> so did that, hated it. I just, oh, gosh, I remember going into work and just, oh, this, I hate, like, and I'm not somebody who can't wake up and not be happy. Like, that's just not my MO. And so quit that then I was like, you know, I kind of want to save the world. So I decided to become a substitute teacher. (laughs) So I did that to see if I wanted to go into teaching. And it turns out I did. I loved teaching high school. But for me, I just didn't see what was next. I couldn't see myself being a principal because I'm just kind of too blunt. I was like, oh, so I did that for a few years. Loved it. I loved the kids. Like, it was just such a great experience. And From there, I went into consulting, and that's where I uh, was a consultant at a small company at that time. And we were, um, I was at SRP quite a bit in the utility industry, and so did that for almost 10 years. And I got to see a business grow. I got to see how somebody can really take care of their employees and care about them and see their growth. We use a lot of those practices, and that's when I had another job in between, and then that's when we got
1: the ask to buy the business. So the pivoting. Pivoting and like you said, and I know you said it, Lori, like all these different things and why is where is it all going to end yes. up, right? How are we going to get to where we are? But I would always, when I
3: was working, I would have a podcast on, I would always um, listen to How I Built This by Guy Raz. It was so, I don't know if you have listened mm-hmm. to that, but gosh, it was just so motivating. I'm like, well, pff, she was doing, you know, there was Dry Bar and just all, you know, even, Uh, Southwest Airlines, all these. I'm like, well, shoot, if they could do it, I know I can. Like, I just, I don't know. But I will say... Having a growth mindset, my husband's kind of change resistance. So, wow, we are in different spectrums a lot of the times.
1: <laughs> I bet. But it could, if you can counteract, if you can keep the communication yeah. upright and counteract each other, It. I have the growth mindset too. And my husband's like, okay, but we need to yeah. actually make some money. We need to <laughs> actually, right? I said I want to be a philanthropist when I grew up. And I was like, my husband's like, You kind of need money for that. All right. (laughs) (laughs) So now every time I make money, I'm like, I just keep giving it away. (laughs) Don't bubble this. (laughs) But we we are a good team, right? Because you have to have that, like, okay, don't go too crazy. Mm -hmm. We got to, you know, step at a time, each step at a time. I call it marinating
3: like, plant the seed, let it, like, plant it, marinate it. And then it was his idea of a sudden. And I'm like, whoa, great idea. (laughs)
2: That's another, that's another, that's, that's like, another <laughs> whole topic. <laughs> yeah. Psychology 101. I know. What is psychology 101? <laughs> <That's> business ownership.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh, that's really funny. I love the, tell us the podcast again. What was it called that you were listening to? How, how I, I Built, Built I, This by Guy Raz. Really good.
3: How, I think it's that, yeah. But it's so good. It's so like, oh my gosh. Because they go through their, like how it started to where it is now. And it's normally pretty big businesses, you know, the dream ones. But, um,
1: but they're all different, right? Just like you guys, different. right? Like uh, different paths and how yes. did we get here? And, and it all adds up to, to having a really cool business mm-hmm. or, and really cool uh, industry. Lessons in life, lessons along the way. I'd love to have you guys share tips for women in business. It doesn't sound like from, and maybe we just hadn't touched on that. But being women in business, I know a lot of women have had trouble with, you know, that glass ceiling, or have had trouble with, um, their their male counterparts. I never luckily have had that. But so whether it's lessons learned (laughs) of how to deal with that, or just, uh, you know, in general life lessons, Pamela, I start with you.
0: So I would, um. From being in the position that I am in and watching so many women grow their business and also watching so many women not being able to grow grow their business, I think the one lesson that I've learned from watching those that have been successful is definitely don't limit yourself. There are so many opportunities out there that may require you to pivot. and, And I think you shouldn't be afraid to pivot. I'm like, who's to say you can't go from laying electrical wire to laying cable for, you know, cocks. So they're just, the world is changing.
1: What corporations are
0: looking for is changing. Don't be afraid of the change.
1: Really, really good. That's a really good thing. That's what we are talking about, right? The entrepreneurship, the entrepreneurs that are willing to change and willing to pivot, do it because there's nothing says we have to start and we have to stick to being a personal assistant company, right? That's really, really good. I love that. Okay. What about you, Lori?
2: You know, I think this is probably just my dad speaking through me, but um, he, you know, and I think it, I think it's really relevant for entrepreneurs. This is just days you just want to stay in bed and pull your covers over your head and go, I don't want to face this. I just don't want to face this. But, you know, I just live by the mantra of get up, dress up and show up. Because even if you're having a bad day, something's going to turn and it's going to be okay. Because, you know, you had horrible Monday and Tuesday, but by Wednesday, there's probably a new customer walking through your door and it changes your whole perspective. And, you know, my dad wasn't really an entrepreneur, but he was a really hard worker. And he just was always like, get up, dress up and show up. Something's going to happen. So I I just live by that because there's days I don't want to do it. I'm sure you guys can all. <laughs> understand that, and you know, you just go, and it gets better. That is really cool. My whole yeah. body
1: has chills. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Get dress up, and yeah, that's really really yeah. cool. Yeah, show up. Yeah, in COVID, uh, I immediately just switched from being out in everybody's mm-hmm. businesses, right, to being on Zoom. And people would always say, "Oh my gosh, why do you get dressed up?" You know, my kids, yeah. my husband, my friends, my mom, whoever would come over, I was always dressed fully dressed done like it makes me feel better mm-hmm. i feel like i'm actually you know even if nobody was going anywhere but okay number one i got to stare at myself in zoom for however <laughs> long right <laughs> but i felt like i'm okay i'm still going to work i'm still being there right so it's that it's that uh, mindset of of getting dressed up and showing up and it always turned out good yep. it always made me feel better than wearing pajamas and yeah. you know
2: Well, if when you go and hole yourself in somewhere, you know, you just feel bad and there's nobody, there's no other energy around you to change that, you know? So get out there, just go, just do it, you know, keep moving. That's really good. What about you, Brandy?
1: Any lessons along the way?
3: Yeah. My dad always said to me, um, you can, um, anything a man can do, you can do better. So I was always pretty fearless and I still am. So I, if we have overdue invoices, I'm not afraid to knock on doors and I don't lose my sunshine. Like, I'll, <laughs> it's a lot of grumpy men, but <laughs> because you're asking about, you know, the glass ceiling or anything else, like for me, it's just resistant to women. It's like, what are you doing here? You know, and it's, sir, can I have the check, please? You know, and he does not want to write it. And He's mad. <laughs> just, I won't lose my sunshine in who I am. I'll just, I'll sit here and wait in your uh, waiting room while you write that check, you know. <laughs> and, and so I'm just, I don't know. I've learned to be fearless. And, you know, some pe- people are just um, just some unhappy people in this world. <laughs> but it's not going to ruin my, my day. So I don't, I try not to take it seriously or just.
1: Take it on as your own. Yeah. Right? Take the energy. It, yeah. So. Oh, I really like that. It is important. Uh, something you brought up. Just because we're talking about women in business and, you know, how important it is to help each other and build each other up. We need our male male counterparts. Having a dad tell you that growing up, that's huge, huge. I'm sure you think about that all the time. I had the same thing. Like, you can do anything. That's it.
3: Mom and dad said like, and they would show it, right? Like, that, and she was fearless, like she's fearless that way too. So I think having good role models, it really, you know, and I think about that with my boys. They see me showing up and they see what a woman can do. And um, I want them to have that in their future, you know, like it's endless what they can do. (laughs) Yeah,
1: that's really, really good. Can you believe we've been talking for almost an hour? (laughs) It (laughs) It goes
0: by really fast. I want to piggyback on what you said. Yes. Because, um... I think it is so important for women to have other role models and to see other women be successful. So I am very appreciative of being able to be on today because I think these are two amazing role models. And I just think we need more of that. We need to share success stories. We need to share best practices. We just need to share. And that's one thing I do love about working with women is that we're not
1: hoarders of information we are willing to share and we're willing to show up. I am finding that more and more lately is, um, surrounding, you know, getting surrounded with loving humans, men and women that are showing up and helping and not afraid to, you know, to tell you whatever you need, you know, whatever you need and whatever you need to hear. But role models can, you know, even if you didn't have role model, good role models as a kid, doesn't mean you don't, can't get them now, right? Through through, WeBank, through organizations, find those role models to continue to, to lean on and help each other. I love that. Love that. Well, tell everybody how we can reach you. Pamela, I start with you.
0: So for me, you can reach me at uh, pamela at wbc-west.org. And so I am average about returning emails. (laughs) Usually takes a day, maybe two, but I will get back to you. And life balance. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) And the website is www.wbec west.org.
1: Thank you very much for being on with us. What about you? You can reach me. Our website is
2: www.projectprose.rocks and it's R O C K S no com after it or anything. It's just projectpros.rocks. Um, you can reach me through there, or if you just put Lori in front of that, um, L-A-U-R-I at projectpros.rocks, you can reach me.
1: Thank you very yes. much for being on. Brandy, what about you? How people can reach you guys? Uh, we have a website,
3: com, or bbuyers at azautoequip.com
1: thank you all so much for being on with me today. You've been listening to Collaborative Connections radio show and podcast sponsored by KLM. Do what you love and outsource everything else. Until next time, happy connecting.